0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the septic tank repairman,
1: Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, Cortland. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Today we have a very special guest with us, the creator and host of the Ignorance Was Bliss podcast, Kate. How are you doing, Kate?
2: I'm well. How are you guys?
0: Good. Doing really good. Thanks for asking. How are you guys doing this week? Did you guys do anything interesting this week by chance?
2: I mean, I spent the two prior weeks knocked pretty flat with pneumonia
0: oh sh- Ooh. that's the worst yeah,
2: I don't recommend it like I may look may <laughs> I may make it look fun and sexy but it's really not <laughs> I mean
1: yeah I might pass s- on that yeah so, for sure
2: you know I'm just getting back into the swing of things
0: well I'm glad you're feeling better uh, we got a bunch of snow here uh, I'm at East Coast too you guys get a whole bunch already too not me no no but I
2: mean I live less than a mile from the ocean Okay, and the ocean tends to raise the general temperature just enough that it takes a lot longer for it to snow here.
0: I didn't expect that. I got the Great Lakes around me, so you know I just kind of assumed that the ocean was the same way—that it would just cool everything down and ruin all everybody's fun. So
2: <laughs> no, well, this I—I I grew up uh, in upstate New York, so I understand lake effect snow very well. But the ocean being saltwater,
0: oh yeah, that makes changes sense. it, which is lovely. I wish I lived next to the ocean. I think it'd be really cool. I've only been in the ocean once. I went to Florida one time, and I made sure that I tasted that ocean, and it is salty. Indeed. So, Brandon, do you get any snow ever in Australia?
1: No. Never. Okay. It is not allowed. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. No fun for anyone.
2: I think that's an excellent policy.
1: No snow allowed? (laughs) I love the snow.
0: (laughs) We used to go sledding all the time when we were kids, so... I can attest, Brandon did love the snow. Now it's gone from him.
1: (laughs) That's true. My greatest joy.
0: You know, I had something funny to uh, to share this week, but I don't remember what it was, so it must not have been that good.
1: (laughs) Did you see the new Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? I did, yeah. What did you think of it?
0: I think it still looks like, like shit, but it's better looking than what it was.
1: Better looking shit? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like a polished, polished turd, you know? <laughs> all right. I can take that. Yeah. Man, I had a scare this week, though. Uh, The other day, the audio went out on my laptop, which is kind of like um,
1: all that I need. That seems to keep happening, though.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to get a new laptop eventually, but I was worried that it was gone for good, and then I restarted my computer and it came back, so hopefully that doesn't happen again. Oh. Hey, so, Kate... You know, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but Halloween oh, God. in Salem, <laughs> how was that?
2: I, so, yeah, I live in Salem, Massachusetts, which is insane. The entire month of October is like people start to show up in late September and then suddenly November 1st, they all disappear. Uh, it's just everybody comes here for Halloween and, you know, we are in this puritanical New England setting so you can't have drinks in public that kind of thing so everybody gets drunk and gets dressed up and then wanders the streets and it's a lot of that sounds safe well it's just obnoxious because it's a lot of tourists standing in the middle of the road to take a picture of a building and you know meanwhile cars so yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of like you you don't understand which one's moving do you
0: they <laughs> like you know, just stand in the way and don't, like, allow you to move in your they, car? Yeah, they'll,
2: because they have to take a picture right now.
0: Priorities. And,
2: oh, God. And, and, you know, the thing that makes me the craziest about all of it is that the witch trials and hysteria and symptoms and so on didn't happen here.
1: Really? Is that right?
2: Right. And so all of these people come here because they're all, like, oh, boy, history, whatever. But they don't actually do any research so no it didn't happen here there were at the time there were two salems there was salem village and salem town and everything happened in salem village except for the jail and the actual executions although that was a mistake like the town line got shifted a little bit so the even the executions were initially part of the next town over and then salem village was two towns over and then when it was all done and the fear died down everybody in that town kind of looked around and went oh that's really awful what we just did like we're 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 terribly embarrassed and so our way of dealing with it is that we're going to change the name of the town and so they changed their name to danvers and we were salem town and we just over time dropped the town part yeah and so yeah one it they didn't find out until 2015 that the executions happened here.
0: <laughs> oh, so that's just like relatively new information then.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they confirmed it then. And I mean, it's so it's literally on one edge of a Walgreens parking lot and the other edge of the parking <laughs> lot is the next town over. <laughs> I'm comparatively certain that the Walgreens was not here at the time, by the way. <laughs>
0: Well, that's interesting. I mean, I guess I can't really blame people for not doing the research that well because they probably didn't know that it changed.
2: Well, they just go, "Oh, Salem, which is there, it is." Like, there's no, you know, and so, like, I kind of get it, and it, and it, right, and it amuses me because
0: these people are like, I watch *Hocus Pocus*, I know what (laughs) I'm talking about.
2: uh, Exactly, you know, and and that's the thing is, it's like we get, we now get all of this tourist money, and the pagans come here and so like there are a ton of like weird little shops and wicked shops and that kind of thing and so you know my advice to everybody who wants to visit salem is that do it 11 months out of the year just don't come in october just because october is the same stuff that is always here just more crowded
0: that makes sense and you know Kate, you're selling me. I kind of want to come.
2: It's it's super fun. Like, like I said, there's these older buildings. We take everything for granted. Like my house is 100 years old and we don't think about it. Like things are just older and there's a lot of like neat little museums and Salem Harbor is like older than Boston Harbor in terms of its usage. And so mm-hmm. you can go and find beach glass that is, you know, hundreds of years old. That's awesome. And it's just, it's a neat, it's a it's a cool little town. It's got a good little vibe. I enjoy it. We kind of, there's a lot of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge in, in the way that we cope with things. So like the high school mascot are the witches.
0: Of course. Yeah.
2: You, you know, and we just sort of roll with it. And we look at the tourists like, here they come. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> but my favorite Salem memory is right after we moved here. Um, so I lived here for grad school back in the day and then we moved to new hampshire for my doctorate and my husband's doctorate we are way over educated it's, it's ridiculous and it's okay so we moved back down in 2009 and right after valentine's day i was enormously pregnant my my third kid was born in march so this was you know sort of literally wadd- waddling into the store to buy the chocolate that was on sale after valentine's day right And I walk by the aisle where the cards are, the Hallmark aisle. And I I just sort of glance as I'm going by. And there's a man who's dressed from head to toe in Santa Claus gear.
1: You know, all in February?
2: This is in February. Um, all red velvet, big beard, that kind of deal. And right next to him is a seven foot goth, you know, just black from head to toe. And you're all in a wannabe. (laughs) And nobody looked twice you know we all just went because that's salem
0: that sounds awesome
2: (laughs) so it's super fun it's just super random and kind of anything goes so i like it i like the i like the vibe of the town um it's much more laid back than a lot of new New england is
0: i like it (laughs) well do you guys want to get into this episode
2: yeah let's play yeah
0: okay we just got done watching the tale of the bookish babysitter I'm going to ask, Kate. Kate, generally your feelings on this episode, did you enjoy it?
2: I did. I did. I was a babysitter for a long time. I was bookish. So, <laughs> I mean, I have Endy. I do.
0: You you have, like, an inner Belinda?
2: I, I, sometimes outer. Like, she's way, way cuter than I am, but otherwise, like, yeah.
0: That's okay. She's way cuter than I am, too, so I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time with this episode. It's uh, It's a fun one. It's a good episode.
1: Yeah, I like this one too.
0: I like the um the theme of imagination with it. Um while I don't really care for the main character, I like the side characters
1: for the most part. But
0: yeah, I had a it wasn't good wasn't that
1: out. many characters.
0: No, thankfully, yeah. You you wanna just get into this?
1: Let's do it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So the episode starts and Kate, okay, uh for the Midnight Society bits at the beginning and the end, um, how did you feel about those? Like, where the kids are around the campfire.
2: Yeah, there's a whole lot of gender di- dynamics going on there. That was, that was fascinating to me.
0: So, this season, we just got two new members of the Midnight Society. Most of these kids are, like, from the beginning, and then two of them were not. And the girl that um, is getting, like, hit on or whatever, she is a new member. So, uh, the dynamics are a, a bit different this season. And, um, yeah, it was pretty cringy this episode, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, the whole the whole thing with Sam has just been weird. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really get what they're going for here. Her name's Sam again. That's not
0: it's a gender neutral ter- name.
1: Yeah, there's nothing aggressively masculine about her name being Sam, but they constantly point out how weird that is that a girl's name is Sam. It's ridiculous.
0: The episode starts. Frank's crouched down next to the campfire. He's burning a stick or something. Out of the forest walks Sam, and she's got this pile of logs in her arms. So Frank runs up to her and he's saying, Hey, yo, let me take them. Sam's like, that's okay, I got them. But Frank tells her, babe, they're way too heavy for you.
1: Despite the fact that she's been carrying them this whole time and wasn't struggling at all with them. Exactly.
2: This is what I'm saying. 1990s, that was, to me, the whole gender dynamics thing is very familiar name sort of notwithstanding that would just be an excuse to you know sort of pile on a girl as it were yeah but i went to i went to engineering school first before i did the psychology thing and i got a lot of very similar attitudes and feedback
0: i could see that it's hard for me to like remember this kind of shit because i mean in the early 90s i was i wasn't even 10 yet you know so I didn't really have to experience this kind of shit firsthand, but it's just so awkward nowadays, which is a good thing.
2: I mean, I was I was in college at, the, at you know in the in the 90s. I graduated high school in 1995. Yeah. And so all of this like I I to me I see what the writers are trying to do, you know, is is be more progressive and point out the old way of thinking or this, you know, hypermasculinity it's sort of the early days of toxic masculinity i guess and i, I just it was a pain in the ass that's what it was <laughs> you know that that sort of attitude of like oh you are already doing the thing but you clearly can't do the thing because you're female
0: yeah yeah because frank yells at her will you stop trying to be such a guy all the time i mean us watching this show she's never tried to be a guy at all she wears a leather jacket like when she got introduced and that's it it's ridiculous so we cut over to the other ladies of the Midnight Society. There's Kiki and there's Betty Ann. And they look at them, you know, they give them the side eyes when Frank says that shit. And then Sam, Sam's like, okay, you're right. And then she drops all the logs on Frank's feet. And he, like, cries in pain. The girls laugh at him. And Sam tells them that they're just too heavy for a girl. From the forest come the last members of the Midnight Society. We got Gary and his little brother, Tucker. And Tucker is a little shit. <laughs> So he runs up to Frank, he's he's saying, oh, Frank, did you make another mess again? And Frank motions to, like, fucking smack Tucker in the knees with a stick, then he falls back down, and Tucker scoots away to go pester Betty Ann and Kiki, and Betty Ann's got this book in her hands, and Tucker's like, what's that, a book? And Kiki asks "Well, what his first clue was. book?
1: I've never seen one of those before.
0: (laughs) I've heard tales of book. (laughs) He's the kind of kid that wouldn't read a book, though.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: So Tucker says, Give me a break. Let me see it. And Betty Ann says, Hands off. And we switch to Gary, who says, or who asks if the book's part of her story. And Betty Ann says, Sort of. My story's about stories. And then, of course, we cut to Frank, and he says, Say what?
1: <laughs> Which is a funny reaction because a lot of their stories are about stories, like Ichabod Crane or The Lonely Ghost. Yeah. And final wish.
0: Yeah, well, he probably said say what to Kristen back in season two as well, so that's kind of his catchphrase. Say what? (laughs) We look over at Tucker, who's sitting next to Sam, and then they smile. Uh, Back with Betty Ann, she tells the gang that they all tell all kinds of horror stories about demons and ghosts and stuff, but no matter what a story is about, there's only one thing that makes them really scary. Sam asks what that is, and Betty Ann tells her it's your imagination, and Tucker doesn't understand because he's Tucker. And Betty Ann continues saying, if you're really into a story, you become part of it and you start to imagine what horrible thing might be sneaking around the corner ready to pounce. You start to wonder what you would do if there were, if you were the one facing the monster. And she puts the book down. She grabs the pouch. And in that pouch, Kate, is Brandon and I have determined that it is monkey bone dust.
2: Okay. The stuff
0: that they throw into the fire and blaze up. Yeah. You know, I forgot to ask. Have you ever watched this show before?
2: Mm-mm.
0: No, this is your first time. Okay.
2: Yeah, no, like I said, I was in college when this was a thing, and so I'm sure that I watched TV, but I didn't own one. I was in- intensely broke in college, and so I,
0: understand. I uh, yeah,
2: I did not own a, a a television.
0: That's okay. So Betty Ann says submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story
1: the Tale of the Bookish Babysitter.
0: She throws in the powder and it places up the fire. Um. I think I read on the internet that Netflix and Nickelodeon are trying to get a deal together to get Nickelodeon shows onto Netflix. Great. Probably to combat uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, I'm not going to say any, There's, I don't think there's anything in the works about it for sure, but hopefully Are You Afraid of the Dark, gets up there so everybody can watch it. That's pretty cool. And on all the <laughs> other Nickelodeon shows.
1: Hey, dude. Hopefully.
0: I mean, it should, if it's like Disney Plus, I, I don't have Disney Plus yet, but I think they have everything. My brother sent me a picture saying uh, showing that they have blank check up there. So if they got blank check on Disney Plus, they probably have everything.
1: Oh, damn. Yeah. I was boycotting Disney Plus, but now that I know they got blank check, yeah. signing right up. I'm going to
0: sign up right after we're done with this podcast. Are we done yet?
1: We, yeah, we let's Plus go sign watch. up.
0: <laughs> the episode begins. The camera shows us some trees and it stops on a house. And Betty Ann immediately begins her voiceover saying that Belinda was everybody's favorite babysitter. Her advertisement in the newspaper said, for kids who hate
1: babysitters.
0: And that's it, with
1: a phone number. Do either of you guys know a Belinda?
0: Oh, okay. No. So, Kate, uh, have you ever listened to My Dad Wrote a Porno?
2: Yeah, it was a while ago.
0: Okay. The main character in that is named Belinda. So <laughs> it is. Oh, no. Yeah, that ruin like not that I've ever heard anybody ever named Belinda besides these two now, but yeah, that ruins the name Belinda for me.
1: <laughs> my first thought upon hearing her name is Belinda is nobody's name is Belinda, <laughs> and then I thought and I realized that I know three Belindas who all work in the same place. <laughs>
2: That's funny. My the my closest friend from high school, the maid of honor in my wedding, her middle name is Belinda.
0: Close enough. It it reminds me of the fairy from The Wizard of Oz. Was her name Belinda, or was it... Glinda. Glinda, okay. Glinda, Glinda, the
2: good witch. Glinda,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's what I think of first. Well, now I, it's, you know, my dad wrote a porno, but it was the good witch. Okay, so Brandon, do you know three Belindas in Australia?
1: Yeah. Okay. And they're all similar age, so I'm thinking just at that time, Belinda was like a dope-ass name, but now there's not any little Belindas (laughs) running around.
0: So we see a person, she's in a full black cloak, leaving the house, and she's skipping down the stairs. She gets maybe five steps when the door behind her opens up, and there's this mom, and she's wearing an ascot, and she's got two children, they walk out, and the mom's like, oh, Belinda! And we see the cloaked person turn around with a smile. Her bangs look real 90s. I don't even know what that style was. I
1: think her hair looked like someone melted a yellow candle over her head, and it just dripped down.
0: (laughs) It's a style, though, isn't it? Or wasn't it? I'm a fan. I like it. I I think Belinda's a cutie, but... It fits her. It reminds me of, like, a... A white rapper's music video kind of hair. I don't know.
2: Yeah, the laid down spikes. That's
0: weird. Yeah, that's what... Yeah. I don't know. If you guys want to look at a picture, I'll put it on my Instagram. You guys can get your Belinda in. (laughs) As it were. (laughs) The mom says, I almost forgot. And Belinda says, Thursday, 7 o'clock? And the mom's like, uh, yeah. How did you... But we cut to Belinda, who says, see you then. And then back with the family at the doorstep, they all wave... And her little son, he's got like a teddy bear or something in his hand. He looks dead to the world. He just has this emotionless stare as he waves to Belinda.
2: (laughs) She's stoned. Yeah.
0: (laughs) They use their imagination, as Belinda likes to call it.
2: I don't know. I mean, for me, you know, I have four kids. And so I am a firm proponent of the three V's of parenting which are Valium, vodka, and Vicodin.
0: <laughs> I don't have any of that in my house.
2: That's kind, Sure you don't. And <laughs> that's kind of what he looked like to me. It's like one of those has been doing its work.
0: <laughs> one of them was administered to that child. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because, you know, really it doesn't matter whether you give it to the kid or the parents. Just that's what you do to get through the
0: day. <laughs> yeah. Belinda swirls around. She's laughing. One of her books falls to the ground. It opens up and we hear some, like, hushed screaming coming out of it. <laughs> like the souls of the damned are in there. Yeah, pretty ominous. <laughs> Belinda laughs more, and she slaps that shit closed and the scream stop. A little weird. We switch scenes. We're in front of a TV now. It's playing an old black-and-white movie. Um, It ends up being Dracula, but I've never seen Dracula, so I don't know if it is Dracula from the beginning or not.
1: I don't know. No, I don't know. All these kids in this show are always just watching black and white public domain movies. Poor movies. Yes, it's very always. similar to Day Day.
0: So the camera pans backwards. We see a giant bowl of potato chips, and some chunky kid is sitting on the couch eating them.
2: I immediately shouted out loud, like, "Don't eat it on the couch!" <laughs> I, was, I was watching it with my seven and
0: nine year old, and I couldn't
2: even help myself. Like, don't do. Mm. <laughs> they didn't even flinch because they're like they know
0: <laughs> Your you kids are getting ideas about eating tata chips yeah it's just like
2: don't do it don't don't do don't eat on the couch
0: he had to pause the show and be like children don't you <laughs> ever do this they know they know
2: i mean i'm certain that they eat on the couch but not in front of mom
0: yeah not when you're looking <laughs> this kid um his name's ricky uh he reminds me of
1: spencer breslin i knew you were gonna say that (laughs) i had that in my notes as well okay yeah he's spencer breslin
0: spencer breslin is have you ever watched the live action um uh dr cat in the hat kate no remember that
2: i remember that it was a thing but
0: okay uh what okay
2: let's let's be like i am pop culture
0: deprived Okay, that's all right. I am too. I understand.
2: Like I know who. Okay, so I know who Macaulay Culkin is uh, because um, a friend of mine. Uh, there is a director, producer, something, uh, with whose last name is Poe and Rocket Gibraltar. Was one movie that he was involved in, which is the Macaulay Culkin was in, and so my friend got to meet the whole family, and I knew who that was.
0: That's cool. I don't think like, I've ever heard of that movie. I wouldn't bother, but <laughs> that's probably why I haven't heard of it.
2: Yeah, I just say that uh, that I know I know who that person is. That's about it. I mean, I've seen Stand by Me.
0: I've seen that, yeah. That's and good movie.
2: this this kid reminded me of um, whatever his name is the
0: the annoying the bigger, kid.
2: Yeah, the bigger annoying kid. Although this kid was the crappy version.
0: that's what we get with the show a lot of the time is the watered down version of somebody else which is fine i like that it's like a certain charm to it thankfully in this episode we only really have three main characters and i see even that is a very loose term because there's ricky there's belinda and then there's ricky's mom but Ricky's mom's only in like, I don't know, two scenes or something.
1: Yeah, she's barely in it.
0: Something new is I looked up the character or the actors that played them because I just wanted to know. You you see Belinda and you're like, what else was she in? You know, I just want to know. Yeah. So her name is Natalie Radford. Never heard of her before. The only other notable movie she was in was Superstar with Will Ferrell back in
1: 1999. And Molly Shannon.
0: Yeah, Molly Shannon. Ricky is played by James Sherry, who was in nothing else. I mean, he was in other things, but nothing worth noting. And then the mom was played by Lynn Adams, and she was in the newest X-Men movie, The Dark Phoenix. Really? She wasn't anybody important. She was like a NASA director operative or something, but...
1: Not important? And she's directing NASA?
0: I mean, she's not an (laughs) X-Men. She doesn't have any powers, except for... There's all kinds of
1: heroes, Cortland.
0: Not all heroes
2: or capes, he.
1: Okay. But it's an X-Men movie.
0: <laughs> She's not, you know, Sansa from Game of Thrones or whatever.
2: I mean, but what you're talking about, one 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 TV show that I have watched only fairly recently is my husband and I have started binging the original Twilight Zone with our older kids.
1: Oh, um, cool. Oh, that's so awesome. My, my okay. older kids are
2: 19 and 15, and then my younger two are 9 and 7, and so the the little ones are not quite ready for Twilight Zone. But, so I, Rod Serling is from the town next to my hometown. Yeah. In upstate New York. And so we always kind of, that was just sort of a figure that, that loomed large in my childhood. And so we started doing that. And my <laughs> husband does exactly what you're talking about. Is as soon as an episode gets rolling, he has to look up who the characters are and what else they've been in. and And it's funny how some of them are nobody like this is their single entry on imdb and that is it and then there are others who have blown up
0: yeah that's exactly how this show is too because early 90s it's in canada a lot of like famous early canadian actors are in this show so it's really cool to see like uh baby ryan gosling and stuff like that in there oh yeah i like hey it. girl <laughs> So Ricky, he's got this TV on, it's really loud, and out walks this this kid's mom, and she tells him to turn that shit down, so he does. He shakes his head, asks if his mother is working tonight, and mom says, like I told you, there's a young couple that's interested in the toppler place, I think they're going to make an offer this evening. So the mom is a realtor that just works at night.
1: That's not a thing, is it? That's... Uh, Like, the parents being realtors is, is like, the go-to excuse in a lot of episodes for the parents to exit the scene. It's Like, "Ah, I've got a house, I've got a show, see ya.
2: I mean, that's when they worked.
1: I guess,
0: okay, so when I was looking for houses before, I did have my realtor, like, work after I got out of work. And it was in the winter, so it was dark out. So I guess it's feasible, but it's just, I don't know. This woman's gotta sell a house.
2: Yeah, you work nights and weekends because people can't take time off.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. Never mind. I (laughs) I won't dwell on it because I guess it is feasible.
2: I mean, what I did like is that, I mean, there are no dads, which is very 90s. Extremely 90s. Like, everybody was divorced. And, I mean, that fits the the time period. But, so, both moms, like, the first one looked like she had probably been at a PTA meeting or something. But at least she was dressed (laughs) in, you know, a way that implied that she left the house for some reason and not that she just went and like sat in her car and ate bonbons for an hour while the babysitter did her thing, which I would totally do if I had the money to just hire a babysitter. I (laughs) want to do that right (laughs) now. But the, the, the second one I get, you know, like the sort of mom in the power suit, as it were, the 90s power suit, like I liked the idea, again, gender dynamics, like I try to, I really try, I do in my whole life, not to make everything about the patriarchy because I feel like that's the lowest common denominator. It's too easy. Except everything's about the patriarchy. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't know what I mean, but trust me, (laughs) everything (laughs) is about the patriarchy. And so it's nice to see women in stronger roles. So for mom to be working and for Belinda to be like in charge, that was good.
0: Ever since I can remember, really, I, I always enjoyed seeing women in charge anyway. Like, that's one of the reasons why I like horror movies so much is because there's always a final girl and she gets shit done.
2: Yeah, it's just it's just good to see. Like, they didn't make a big deal out of it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, there was no, I mean, there's a certain stereotype degree of, of course, the babysitter's female. But that being said, nobody made a big deal out of where's dad nobody made a big deal out of oh mom mom works mom leaves the house okay so that was that was nice to see because it wasn't necessarily all that common like it was a big deal in the 80s uh one another show that i did watch was the cosby show and the fact that claire huxtable had a job had a you know a high powered job was a lawyer like that was a big deal for the time that was considered very progressive Mm -hmm. So, good on them for that.
0: So the doorbell rings. Mom looks at her watch and she says, that must be the babysitter. And Ricky pipes up saying, Mom, a babysitter? I'm 12 years old. And Mom says, exactly. Now this girl comes highly recommended. Please don't be too hard on her, not like the others. The kid brushes it off saying, yeah, yeah. And he turns the channel on the TV. We cut outside where Belinda's knocking on the door. Mom opens it up and Belinda says, good evening, Miss Winters. I'm Belinda, and she reaches out her hand to shake mom's hands, and the mom is like, oh, hello, uh, and Belinda's like, something wrong? She's very
1: put off by her.
0: Yeah, it's the spike bangs, I think, yeah.
1: Well, she looks like an evil wizard, so can't really blame her.
0: She does look a bit like she's got something. She's She's a little goth. A little bit, yeah, yeah. She has vibrant hair, though. It's very, uh, blonde yeah no, it's bleached
2: instead of blackened, but I had some connection with the Goth scene in those years, and that was a look that like sort of vampiric you know darker lipstick lighter hair that was that was a thing
1: that's yeah she's always got a smile on her face. she never looks down
2: that's creepy <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, mom's like
0: i was just wasn't expecting someone so uh Um, and Belinda's, Belinda's like, so what? And mom avoids that shit saying, so what's your secret? Every parent I've talked to just loves you. And Belinda tells mom, that's simple. I have imagination. And then she walks off saying, where's Ricky? And that's when she lowers her hood and she's got the blonde hair with those striped bangs. Mom tries to tell Belinda good luck in getting him to stop watching television. And Belinda says, oh, it's cool. I brought books to read. And then she opens one of them for a second, and it howls like a wolf, and then she closes it. <laughs> the book is called The, the Dragon by Candy Close, and that book sounds like a real page-turner.
1: The Dragon.
0: Yeah, all the books in this
1: Very descriptive. episode
0: are so boringly named. <laughs> Mom scoffs at it. She says, good luck. And Rick, Ricky... At this point, Ricky was like listening in on the conversation, so he runs... Back to the couch and jumps on it, acting like he wasn't a peeping tom. And mom tells Ricky to say hi to Belinda, and in response he crosses his arms because he's such a little badass. Ah, <laughs> oh, this kid. Mom sighs. She tells Ricky to be a good, uh, to be good. Don't be late for bed. She ruffles his hair. She smooches him on the top of his head, and Ricky's all like, "Oh, mom." She tells Belinda he's, he's going, going through, through a phase, face. and Belinda's like,
1: "Oh, I'll fix that." <laughs> This is like my favorite Sounds part. Vaguely threatening. I know, yeah. well, I'll
0: fix that shit.
2: I have a fix for adolescents. you know.
0: She's gonna <laughs> she's gonna make him read a book. What is it? Please tell me. Right. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that for at least like, I don't know, 8 20 years.
2: minutes, half an hour.
0: <laughs> nah, my son's at school. He's good.
2: The thing is, like, I enjoy my adolescence I, because younger kids have terrible senses of humor. And so my my older Ooh. kids are at least funny and interesting when you talk to them. um. So that's cool. But I, I did have some sympathy for Ricky at this moment because by the time I was 12, I was a latchkey kid. So I, I, I didn't have a babysitter still when I was 12 years
0: old. I didn't either. But I had older brothers, so I didn't, we didn't need them at that point. So mom's like, excuse me? You know, after Belinda... <laughs> Threatened to fix his her child. And Belinda tells her, Nothing. Are you leaving now? And the two girls walk off. Belinda opens up the front door for mom, tells her she won't be gone, or mom tells her she won't be gone for very long. And she hands Belinda b- a business card where she can reach her. And Belinda assures mom that nothing ever goes wrong. And mom tries to say bye, but Belinda ushers her out of the door. She looks at the card for a moment, laughs, and she sets it down. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your nighttime realtor. Whether you're new to the show or a longtime fan, we sincerely appreciate you listening and enjoying our content. Thank you so much. If you're interested in supporting the show, check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash private island. We have three different tiers available, each with their own rewards and new art associated with them. So if you're interested in getting a sticker sent to you, access to early release episodes, bonus episodes, and more, check it out. I'd like to take a moment and thank our patrons, the Golden Bostics, Bryce and Kathy, the Silver Goth Brett, and Bronze Beth Angela. Thank you so much for your support. Brandon and I greatly appreciate it. Now, Brandon and I are dedicated to providing you with the most Are You Afraid of the Dark entertainment since the show began. So if you're looking for exclusive handcrafted gifts, videos, memes, art, Character bios and so much more, you have to check out our Twitter at PRVT Island and Instagram at Private Island Presents. Join in on the conversations because we love laughing with fans. We also have a Facebook group and we'd love for you to join. Just search for Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast in the Facebook groups section, and ask to join. You can also check out the episode description for a Linktree link with all of the socials and more in an easy-to-find spot. There's also a link to our merch store, Patreon, YouTube, and the Podcast Junkie Discord server where you can chat with me all day long. Every season we do an Ask Me Anything section for our season wrap-up and we'd love to answer your questions. If you have any questions for me or Brandon about podcasting, about how to start a podcast, or anything else, please get them in. You can ask anything on any of our social medias, or you can email us your questions at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, please tell somebody about it. Word of Mouth is one of the best ways for a podcast to grow. You can also leave us a sweet review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or follow us on Spotify. Just remember, everyone wins with Are You Afraid of the Dark. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Toy Day, from Animal Crossing New Leaf, composed by Kazumi Totaka. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Brandon and I had a lot of fun recording with Kate for this episode, and if you're interested to hear more from Kate, I highly recommend checking out her podcast, Ignorance Was Bliss. Here's her promo.
2: Everybody has a story, and not all of those stories are clear black and white issues, even when we think they are. We wonder, how did this happen? Or what is that like? Or what happens next? Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss, at IWB Podcast.
0: Thank you all again so much for listening to our show. I'll talk to you guys in a week. Bye. In the living room, Ricky's trying to get down on some uh, Bella Lugosi Dracula. When Belinda pops up, pops her bag up on the table. She stands in front of the TV. He tries to move like from side to side to switch the channel or something to watch it. But Belinda moves in to block him, and it's ridiculous because they just move back and forth a bunch. I don't know. It was crazy. Ricky gets all pissed, tells her to move, but Belinda's like, nope, it's time we get to know each other. And she looks at Ricky's shirt, and she says, hey, I really like that drawing on your shirt. What's it mean? And Ricky looks at it, and he says, it's a medal that, uh, hey, I don't want to get to know you. I don't need a babysitter. And Belinda gets a little sarcastic with him, saying, wow. She spins around. She continues saying, you must be extraordinarily, amazingly mature. The picture on his shirt is um a sword. What else was on yep. it? Like wings, maybe. Um, maybe. I can't remember. It was so boring that I just didn't yeah, remember. it's it. not
1: actually a great shirt.
0: Yeah, I want it wanted to be
2: like a, a video game emblem or something. Yeah, you know, it, that, just... it had that kind of look of like a sword with a. Li- it wasn't even a shield behind it. It was just like i don't know clouds or ferrets or something and you know and that was about it
0: it's very boring yeah i don't know i mean they just set it up for later i guess but anyway (laughs) so ricky says yeah i am mature so keep out of my way and he tries to do something with the remote which i don't get why but belinda laughs and says i'm afraid that's not why i'm here and she snatches the remote from his hands. She turns the TV off, and then she smiles at him. And I just—I'm—I'm just I'm, I'm going just gonna to say that all the time because she just smiles this whole episode.
1: Yeah, she smiles more than that girl in Locker Twenty Two.
0: Oh my God, that high girl. She smiles.
1: She—I her name was Smiles McGee.
0: <laughs> so Belinda chuckles a little. She sits down on the couch next to Ricky, and she tells him, "We're going to read some books." Ricky reaches for the remote from Belinda, but she like makes it disappear like magic that sounded boring but is she
1: magic she has to be magic right what, what is her deal
0: she's a babysitter man <laughs> she's magical
1: is she magic or are the books magic and she somehow just has magic books mm,
0: i don't know what do you think kate
2: i mean i think you can it doesn't have to be an either or thing like
0: that's true she could both be magic and have magic books you know or like yeah.
2: there's a lot of You know, like I said, living in Salem, there's a lot of people here who identify as pagan and Wiccan, and they'll tell you, like, oh, I'm a kitchen witch, or I'm a garden witch, or whatever, and it's never entirely clear.
1: What's a kitchen witch?
2: They can create meals that are extra in some way, like, you know, that, that experience where you can walk into the kitchen and open cabinets and pull out three random ingredients and make a meal out of it.
1: Ah, so they're okay. like Rachel my Ray. mom was a kitchen witch. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> there's n- not, it's
2: never witch. entirely clear whether they are magic or whether they are finding the magic in the food.
0: Okay, I love that. That's awesome. I'm gonna try and devote my life to becoming a kitchen witch. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very economical.
2: I mean, I am, and not, and I don't identify as pagan or Wiccan, but uh, if I had to. That would be my area. I, you know, when I when my husband and I first got together, um, and a thousand years ago, he tends to follow very specific recipes and very specific. Like he can cook very well, but he it's a very predictable. What what will come out? And, mm-hmm. and when we first got together, it was a lot of like packaged foods and that kind of thing. And yeah, I would do exactly that of going in, and he'd be like, "There's nothing to eat," and I would I would go in and you know find three ingredients and make soup or whatever out of it because that's you know i grew up without a lot of money at all and so you have to you have to figure it out
0: i understand that and you know um i like to cook a lot too but i don't get a lot of time with my family so a lot of the times i do get in i don't know like a recipe rut or whatever so i get that but i wish i could make ingredients or make the ingredients i don't like in my pantry and turn them into something delicious right I mean, I guess I could if I tried really hard, but Eh, whatever (laughs)
2: podcast instead. I get it. Yeah.
0: Very true. Yeah. If I'm not working or sleeping, I'm podcasting.
1: Uh
0: (laughs) So Ricky wonders how the fuck Belinda did that shit, making that remote disappear. And Belinda levels with the kid. She's like, "Okay, I'll tell you what. You read a book for a few minutes and I'll leave you alone for the rest of the night. Deal. And Ricky asks how many minutes. And Belinda's like, oh, I don't know. Let's say five. So Ricky asks if he can watch TV all he wants after that, and Belinda tells him, if that's what you want to do. And then she grabs some books out of her bag, as Ricky tells her, she is the strangest? Ricky picks up one of the books, and she starts reading to himself. And Belinda gets annoyed about that shit, and she tells Ricky that he needs to read it out loud because she wants to hear the story too. And then Ricky starts reading the story, and then he's saying it's uh, late. It was late on a dark, moonless night as a wild storm raged across the north, The lights start to flicker in his house, and there's a thunder crash, but he continues to read as Belinda smiles. He says, the witch flew closer to the lonely cottage and swooped down and banged on the door. And then they hear a bang on the door. (laughs) Sounds really boring for me to say. Uh, But it freaks Ricky out. He stands up, and he's like, what was that? And Belinda laughs, and she says, don't stop now. But Ricky throws that book down, declaring it boring. And Belinda protests, saying, you only read one sentence. But Ricky's like, I can tell. Believe me, I know. Boring.
1: It did seem pretty boring.
2: Well, and he seems pretty boring.
0: (laughs) Everybody but Belinda's pretty boring. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I would have read a little bit more. Belinda tells Ricky that it's not like TV. You have to give yourself a chance to get into the story. Use your imagination. And Ricky says, yeah, yeah. And then he looks down at the books and he says, oh, the king's sword. That could be okay. Which is also a very boring title, but whatever. Belinda gets excited saying, good, I like that one a lot. And Ricky opens it up to, like, the middle. And Belinda says, hey, 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 start at the beginning. And Ricky says, why? It's not like I'm going to finish it. Um, At this point, he starts reading the book. But I didn't really write down what he said because it's kind of difficult to hear him. Because he's 12 years old and he's mumbling. And there's music and sound effects that go on. Basically, the story is about a castle that's under siege. And there's fighting going on. While he's reading the story, a light flashes from behind him, and there's this hand that starts to reach out for him. It's draped in, like, black cloak or whatever. Uh, Ricky starts to struggle with the word melancholy, which I totally relate to because I didn't know how to say that word for, like, half of my life. The hand stops uh, as he's stuttering to try and say melancholy, and Belinda helps him with the word, and Ricky says, Yeah, "Yeah, that's that's it. it. This This one's lousy, too. too. And he slams the book closed. The hand behind him just drops down, and at this point, Belinda's getting pretty pissed, and she says, why? And Ricky says, I has too many words. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, poor stupid Ricky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Belinda tells him, you know, once you start a book, you really should finish it. And Ricky says, yeah, sure. What's this? And he picks up another book, but Belinda snatches it up from him, saying, not this. And Ricky's like, what do you mean? I thought you wanted me to read. And Belinda walks over with the book. She sits down next to Ricky and says, you're not ready for this one yet. Ricky then gets up and he says, all right, forget it. And Belinda asks where he's going. And Ricky says, I'm not reading any more of your stupid books. And he starts to walk away. Belinda turns around and she says,
1: I wouldn't go out there if I were you.
0: And Ricky tells her in the snotty way,
1: good thing you're not me.
0: And then slams the door behind him. Belinda giggles. She looks in her book. Smiles, giggles some more, and says to nobody in particular, Careful, Ricky. There's not really a bad person in this episode, but it's her fault, right? That all this all this coming shit happens?
1: I don't know. The entire episode I was asking myself, is she a villain? And I'm still not sure.
0: No.
2: I don't know either.
1: I don't think she is. No, she's, I love she's, Belinda. She's,
2: she's like the antihero.
1: No, oh, I love her, her character definitely, but is is Ricky in danger? No, at any point, or is it all in his head?
2: He's he's in danger of a psychotic break.
1: Well, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's a very real danger.
2: <laughs> I mean, so it, it, there's for sure, but um, but no, he's not. I don't think in I don't think there is a clear villain. It's the situation, not the person that he has to work his way through.
0: Yeah, like Belinda is. She's with Ricky the whole time, so it's... I don't know. Let's just keep going. We watch Ricky. He walks down a hallway. He turns a corner and he walks down some more hallway. And I'm like, what the fuck is this house? I don't get it. It's just a series of hallways. It's just hallways and doors everywhere. I don't understand.
2: With creeps.
0: Yeah. Every door's creaky. I don't know.
2: No, with creeps. Like, there's, there's these creepy people behind the doorways. Like, you glimpse people and whatever. And it's like... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, no, I'm not thrilled with this for, (laughs) you know, like, I've been home alone before, I don't want this, I I don't like it.
0: He walks down that hallway, I mean the second hallway, and the door behind him creaks open and you can see somebody peeking out of it. (laughs) Yeah, not thrilled with that. I know, I was like, oh shit. (laughs) Ricky turns to look at it and the door closes so he didn't see anybody peek at him and apparently he just doesn't care that a door opened behind him but he goes into his uh bedroom and he slams the door shut he hops on his bed and then he starts playing a handheld game and i have no idea what that
1: was it's just a giant gray slab
0: it does the generic video game music the beep, i have no idea what that could have been i was kind of hoping you knew no unfortunately not it's probably like a tiger electronic or something it was massive it wasn't massive. That thing probably ate so many batteries. We hear the door to Ricky's room open up, and Ricky says, get out of my room, without looking up. And a shadow falls over Ricky, and he says, look what you made me do. Why don't you... And then he looks up and sees this dude in a full set of armor and a sword, and he screams as the dude like chops down onto his bed with the sword. Ricky rolls off his bed, and the sword slashes through his pillow, And Ricky screams, holy!
1: (laughs) Holy holy what,
0: Ricky? Holy shit?
1: No, just holy. (laughs) His pillow. There's a hole in it. Oh, his pillow's holy now?
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right, right. He runs out of his room screaming for Belinda. Uh, He runs down those, like, five hallways. (laughs) He rounds the corner, and he looks over to see this ghostly man in a black shroud floating his way. This guy's kind of creepy. Yeah, I liked the look of him. Was this one of the times that your um, nine-year-old <laughs> was creeped out? Kate? Oh God,
1: he jumpscared
2: at everything. Like, and it was super fun because he—he's old enough to know when the jump scare is coming. Like, he can recognize the background music, and you know, he can. Oh yeah. You know, so so he he would startle pre jump scare. <laughs> And then he would startle again when it actually happened. It was super fun. Like, I hadn't as much fun watching him as I did watching the show. Just watching him like... (sighs) I was like, man, you are the target audience for this, kiddo.
0: (laughs) This guy looked cool, though. He had, like, this black, wispy look to him. And he looked like he was in pain. His face was cool. And he just floated towards Ricky. And it was really cool.
2: He was cool, except I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that he was on some sort of like dolly being pushed down the hallway. <laughs>
1: yeah, he was on wheels for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> A lot of things in these, these episodes are on wheels, though. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, the old house on Haunted Hill when that witch thing roller skated by the screen. I loved it. Oh, man. That was the best part of the whole movie. But my favorite part was like, like I said, that shroud that the guy's wearing, it looked like kind of like black smoke falling around him, but it wasn't. It was just like the fabric or whatever. Um, Ricky steps back and then he screams himself into a commercial break and (laughs) back from commercial break, he's still screaming. He runs away from him and he slams the door shut behind him. And now Ricky's back in the living room and Belinda's in there. She's kneeled down by the fire in the fireplace and ricky's like oh there's a and belinda finishes saying a night in your bedroom and a ghost in the hall i know and she's got a book in her hands and she starts tearing out the pages and throwing them into the fire
2: which what the actual fuck i don't know <laughs> like even if
0: those books are boring up destroying books Exactly. Is like,
2: up until ugh. this moment like i'm a bibliophile a little bit and so y- you're ripping up books and you're oh my god like i had i had a moment there like I hear that you. Hurt, that hurt my heart. It really did. And is it more
1: effective to just throw the whole book in the fire, though?
2: What? That's what I thought. No. No, because they don't burn. The, you know, only the outside burns and whatever. But, I mean, why are we destroying the book in the first place? Like, I, I am not following. I am not following. No. Like, the next, like, this interlude from that commercial break to the next commercial break, to me, is entirely pointless. Like, it's just confusing, yeah. and it didn't clarify the story at all. Do you know what I mean? Like all it did was create several jump scares and and yeah. you know, and you'll talk through it. So like
0: You're very right, yeah.
2: But you know, it just it felt confusing and I it I felt like as soon as we had the night in the hall and the or the night in the bedroom and the ghost in the hall, we've set up creepy, scary jump scare shit. Like we don't need to add to that, with whatever it was that happens in the next several minutes, like I didn't understand the burning <laughs> of the books. I didn't understand like first of all, how many doors does this house have like there's so doors many everywhere that was crazy, and just sort of I kind of lost the point from him screaming and sort of running to her, and then then when when it comes to the next when the stairway when they go downstairs. Yeah, th- th- that interlude. I'm just like, what is happening? Like, she could. There are so many <laughs> other ways that they could handle this. I just, it, it, it. Okay.
0: Let's talk through it. Let's see what happens. This whole burning of the book, though, a page is being torn out of the book. That is like, I don't know, nails on a chalkboard to me. Just the idea. I don't even I'm like it saying... when people like bend the the spine or <laughs> they put the dog ear in. That just, that's you can't do that. That's it's wrong. It's it's wrong. heinous. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad everybody's in agreement, because Brandon, I know that you hate that shit, too.
1: hmm
0: It's the worst. So, Belinda's ripping, these, <laughs> ripping out her books, throwing them in the fire. Ricky grabs a chair to bar the door, and Belinda tells him not to worry, that it's just his imagination. Ricky tells her, it's no imagination, they're real. And she laughs, saying, you had no idea what you were reading, did you? And Ricky tells her to forget the stupid books. Belinda interrupts, saying, don't you see that they came from the books? Now, if you help me get rid of them, she says, uh, she's saying this while she's continuing to tear out pages and throw them into the fire. And Ricky's like, if we burn the books, they go away. And Belinda says, exactly. So he kneels down and he starts tearing and burning the books, too. These pyros are interrupted by knocking coming in from the door that Ricky put the chair in front of. And it's Belinda out there. And she's telling Ricky not to listen to her. And she's jiggling the handles of the door saying, let me in, Ricky. And Ricky walks up to the door and saying, what's that? And the Belinda on the other side of the door tells Ricky he better let her in. And the Belinda by the fireplace stands up and we cut back to Ricky who asks what's going on. At this point I didn't I didn't know what was going on. I was like, what what the fuck is
2: I'm saying? I, I just I okay.
0: Yeah. Like so the door opens up, Belinda walks through, and at this point I'm like I didn't understand which Belinda was the real and which one was the fake. Until a few seconds well, later. It's pretty
1: clear. Yeah, a second later. <laughs>
0: well, from behind Ricky pops this witch woman with a Belinda wig on. <laughs> and she says, What are you thinking?
1: <laughs> Use your imagination,
0: <laughs> And the real Belinda sighs, saying, I was afraid this was going to happen. She grabs Ricky and they run past this witch and they run into the kitchen. So the two in the kitchen, they push a table in front of the door. The witch is laughing, and she tells him, you know, let her in or whatever. She's banging on the door. And Belinda says, there, that should do it for now. Ricky's like, for now? What do you mean for now? Make him go away. But Belinda tells him that she can't because he is in the stories now, and he has to finish them. But since since they burned her books... You know, they can't read it or whatever. Belinda grabs a book and looks into it for a moment, telling Ricky he's going to have to use his imagination if he doesn't want to end up being the witch's dinner. The lights flicker. We hear some moans of that ghost because that ghost is still in the house. And Ricky asks Belinda what he's going to do. And she tells him, Oh, I'd finish off the stories fast. Ricky complains that the books are gone since he burned it. And Belinda tells him he's just going to have to make it up. Ricky's like, make what up? Belinda tells him, you know, go for it. Make up your story. It's yours now. So, I don't know. This part's annoying because Ricky's dumb. He takes a couple steps and he says, "Uh, weird stuff happened. And then it, w- it went away. And they lived happily ever after the end. And we look at Belinda and she's annoyed. And she hops off the table she was sitting on. Walks over to Ricky as he yells at her saying, Why, why didn't this shit work? You know, all that stuff's still attacking him. And Belinda says, Sorry. uh that's cheating. You have to do better than that. She takes a look in her book again. Ricky complains that he doesn't know what he's doing. Melinda says, uh-oh. And she backs away from the door that she was standing in front of, and an axe chops into it. And then she says, ugh, I hate when this happens. Ricky asks, "What? when what happens? How do you know what's going to happen? And Melinda tells him that he's got a bunch of stories all mixed up. God, this episode, fucking, they talk so much. I hate it when they talk.
1: Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's all talking.
0: (laughs) This episode's 90% dialogue. It's annoying. She says it it really makes things rough. She peeks in her book, and the table in front of the witch's door flings across the room, and the witch bursts into the kitchen laughing. Belinda and Ricky run, and they make their way downstairs.
2: Which, of course, they run to the basement, right? Like...
0: You gotta trap yourselves where you, you can't escape. It makes the most sense. But regardless, they end up in the basement. Ricky's complaining because he can't see anything, and Belinda tells him that the light is right above his head. It's his fucking house, though. Wouldn't he know where the goddamn <laughs> light is? Right.
1: He's never been down there. He's just sitting and watching TV all day. He turns on the light, and
0: we just see a bunch of shit in the basement. So somebody's been down there. Belinda tells him that. Oh, now it's getting fun. What happens next? And Ricky says,
1: "How should I know?"
0: And Belinda says, "Cause
1: it's your story, silly." what happens
0: and ricky tells her okay okay how about this and we look over at belinda who's sitting down excitedly listening like a child and ricky says
1: they ran down to the basement
2: where he kept his uzi yeah, i wrote his uzi. uzi in big letters like and are you <laughs> kidding me an uzi okay ricky <sighs> shut up
0: i didn't know what an uzi was until like i was I don't know. Grand Theft Auto 3. When did that come out? 2001?
1: <laughs> Something like that, yeah.
0: So like 11 or 12. So when I watched this episode as a kid, I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. I th- I think I thought, I think if I'm remembering right, I thought an Uzi was a sword.
2: That's really cute.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm so naive. <laughs> <laughs> I still am. <laughs> he says, yeah, my Uzi, just in case of attacks from knights and ghosts and other nasties. And Belinda rolls her eyes. Ricky looks around, because he wants that Uzi. He looks around like, where's my fucking Uzi? And Belinda says, afraid not. Ricky asked, why not? Because, you know, it's such a good ending. And Belinda-, Belinda tells him, yeah, maybe for some silly TV show or something. But it doesn't make sense for this story.
2: Which they're in, first of all, a, a TV show. So, step one.
0: <laughs> step yeah.
2: two, we're already conflating stories. Like, we've already got a witch and a ghost and a knight. So why not mm-hmm. add Rambo? You know? I Okay.
0: Why not? Yeah. It's Ricky's story. Belinda, it's not your story, okay? If he wants an Uzi, he can have an Uzi. <laughs> I'm a little surprised that the- I guess maybe I'm not. That the writers put an, like, an Uzi in anyway, but a couple episodes and She ago, wants him to
1: use his imagination, but she's trying to stomp down all his ideas. Yeah. Just let him do what he wants to do, Belinda.
0: I would say that this is, like, risky or whatever, but, like, three episodes ago, one of the, like, 13-year-old girls was, like, trying to smoke. So Belinda starts looking at that book that she's got in her hands, and Ricky finally takes notice of it, and he's like, the ending's in that book, isn't it? And Belinda tells him, no, there's nothing in this book. Ricky asks why she's been dragging it around and peeking at it while she doesn't think he's looking. And then he walks up closer and he says, give it to me! And he tries to grab for it, but Belinda dodges with his smile and then says, you really think you're ready for this? And Ricky says, yes, let me have it. So now he's got the book and he's looking through it and it's just a whole bunch of empty pages. The camera zooms into the empty book and back out and now Ricky's not in his basement anymore and he's in what looks to be a dungeon. Ricky's holding the book and he's saying, I don't, I don't get what the big deal is. And then he... Looks around and realizes he's not in his basement anymore. And he says, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Because that's what you say. He looks back at the book and it starts printing out what he just said. And he reads it. And then he says, I just said that. He looks back at the book again and it just narrates what's happening to him. It's telling him that he's in a dank crypt of an ancient castle. He takes some steps forward and he reads the book some more. Tells him the walls can't be climbed. Uh, but let's face it guys, this kid's not gonna be climbing up those walls anyway.
2: He's too freaking lazy. Well,
0: like, I don't think anybody could climb up that those walls like that anyway, so
2: I mean the book is right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he reads some more about the person that constructed the tomb and he wonders how they escaped. He backs up into some like he backs up and he steps on some crunchy stuff on the ground. I guess it's apparently bones. Doesn't look like any bones I've ever seen though.
2: No, but he's all grossed out.
0: Yeah, he's like, oh, gross. And he reads reads on about how no human's ever been down in the tomb in 100 years. No living soul drawn a breath of air. And then we hear what sounds like a knight in a full suit of armor clanking closer to him. And we look out at some pillars in the middle of the room and out walks this knight. Uh, same knight from before in his room. It points at Ricky, who screams, oh, man. And then it lifts his sword up to attack him. Ricky dodges the attack. And he's screaming about the book. He runs around some pillars and stuff. He skids on the ground next to a full skeleton. Which actually did look pretty cool. And then Ricky starts reading from the book. It tells him the Dark Knight is protecting the king and waiting for a sign. Ricky runs away some more. He's screaming about, you oh, what's the sign? And then the knight raises his sword up like he's about to cut through this kid. And Ricky reveals the picture on his shirt. Which stops the knight. It kneels down. Offers Ricky his sword, Ricky takes it, and then the suit of armor crumbles in a heap of <laughs> armor bits.
2: I mean, I would have I just cut the kid in two, like, by this uh, point.
0: Done. Over with. We cut back to Belinda, and she's like, well, you suck, this, Ricky.
2: This is an ex-Ricky. This Ricky <laughs> has ceased to be.
0: If only. Ricky stabs at the remains of that suit of armor with the sword, and he's like, oh, Cool. And he starts reading the book some more, and then he rests the sword on his shoulder with the blade side like cutting into <laughs> I his neck.
2: <laughs> like my dude, that's your carotid artery. Don't do that. Oh, to
1: what the would sword. he do with an Uzi? Okay.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Pointing at his head while he's
0: reading the book. Like that kid's dumb. It's not a baseball bat, Ricky. It's a fucking sword. He reads some more from the book, it tells him that the swords he's used to defend uh something to the death. He gets grossed out, he drops it on the ground saying, Oh, I don't want to defend anything to the death and then out walks a little girl with a candle.
2: Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck?
0: <laughs> That's what Ricky was saying.
2: <laughs> like, we have completed so many stories now already. Where's the witch? Like why the why the little girl instead of the witch? I I did okay. Sure, 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 sure. It's just like this story got so complicated.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't understand why the little girl with the candle.
0: Why not the witch here? This little girl pops out and she looks like she's from colonial times or something. She's like, Please help me, mister, I'm lost. Ricky looks at her for a second, continues reading from the book that tells him he doesn't get why the little girl's mm-hmm. there. And the little girl tells Ricky to put that book down and help her since she's lost. And Ricky closes it closes the book. He says, hey, look, if I knew how to get out of here, I'd tell you. And then he opens the book again. He reads some more. And it says that this little girl seemed out of place as if from another time. And Ricky's like, out of place? Another time? And then the little little girl, she, like, takes a few steps closer and she lowers her head down. And we look at Ricky again, who says, or another story. And the girl raises her head. I don't know how how he makes that connection. I don't
2: know how he makes any connections, honestly. Like, Ricky's Ricky's a few bulbs short of a Christmas tree, you know?
1: No, he can barely do anything, yet he somehow stumbles his way through all of this.
2: He is not the sharpest crayon in the cheese drawer.
0: <laughs> no, you know? The witch screams for him to put the book down. Ricky backs up. He falls over that suit of armor. The witch is laughing a whole bunch. Ricky grabs the sword off the ground, and he just slashes the witch in the gut. And yeah. she fucking melts into this horrible green puddle.
2: By at this point, my nine-year-old is like crawled <laughs> into my armpit. Like <laughs> he is like uh, sort of but... losing his nine-year-old shit, but he is so into the story.
0: <laughs> I love it. I remember really liking this episode as a kid too. So I, I feel him like that's, that's cool. She's just, like, melting into this horrible CG effect, and she's just full green, and it's weird. And now Ricky's <laughs> got two bodies on his hands. He's just killing fools left and right. <laughs> it shows the witch melting, like, finally into this, like, just a pile of clothing. And then from behind Ricky, a wall opens up and parts ways. And Ricky reads more from the book. It tells him in his heart he knew the answer. And Ricky's like, but what do I know in my heart? Okay, okay. Some sort of witch or something, a knight defending a tomb, and that ghost! And Ricky looks over, and that black shrouded ghost floats over past him and through the door that opened. Ricky reads that the destruction of the evil sorceress broke the spell over the ghost. And the ghost turns into a statue, as Ricky says, All right, and then Ricky continues reading that he was no longer doomed to wander the earth. Ricky gets down on his knees, he presents the sword, hilt first to the statue, and then we get a Belinda voiceover saying that the brave lad stood, heart-pounding, enveloped in the magical golden blaze. And then we see the statue come to life as... <laughs> Jesus? <laughs> uh, it's, it's Jesus, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, it's more
2: like <laughs> King Arthur. Jesus, you know?
0: It's... It's like King Jesus, I don't know It looked like Jesus to me My wife turned to me and she said Is that Jesus? (laughs) I said, I don't know honey Belinda continues The first light to penetrate the tomb in countless centuries In a final act of courage He knelt to return the enchanted sword to its rightful bearer The ancient king And when we move back to the living room of Ricky's house Ricky's on his knees like he was In the story, stretched out to give that sword To the king that's no longer In his hands And he just kind of looks around a little bit because he realizes he's back in his house. And he says, what happened? And Blenda tells him, well, the story's almost over. Ricky gets up. He sits next to her on the couch. He grabs the book from her and finishes it. So it starts out saying, never again would he set limits on his own imagination.
2: No matter what terrors he was capable of conjuring, he knew that he could no longer live in a world of willful (laughs) ignorance.
0: The end. Yeah, I I read that part, or I I didn't read it. You know, he he read it to me, and I was like, "This is perfect for you." <laughs> it
2: really is. I got really excited. It was kind of sad.
0: It it was just so like perfect. It was. Fake. And it was fake. I didn't remember. Yeah, like I didn't remember that that part was in the story. I didn't care about that kind of shit when I was nine or whatever. So it was just the perfect story for you. He side eyes Belinda as Mom pops in, saying, "I don't believe it, Ricky." And Ricky stutters out, uh, oh, we were just Ricky can reading, read? and Mom says, yes, that's the part I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know my Ricky could read. Belinda gets up, and she says, well, I guess I better be on my way, and Mom looks down at the book and says, look, Ricky, this author has your name, and Ricky reads the book title, which is The Dark Tomb by Ricky Winter. He asks Belinda if it really happened, and she says, it's just a story, Ricky, you know that. She takes the book from him, and Mom asks how much she owes Belinda, but Belinda tells her that she's already been paid. Good night. Right, again, what the, what the Red actual flag. fuck?
2: Like, no, come on. Char- <laughs>
1: charge- you stealing my shit? <laughs> well,
2: I, I mean, charge for your services, and you just burned several books, so there's damages. Yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah, I...
0: Okay. Unless maybe the book burning was just like,
1: Part of the story, I don't know. Go check his pillow.
0: <laughs> go check his pillow. Go check the fireplace. Is there burnt? I don't care about that. Like paper? that's
2: fine. They get they can pay for that. But Belinda had losses involved here, so she needs a set hourly rate and she needs <laughs> replacement for items. I don't know. Damaged. She
1: seems really into people telling these stories.
2: Right, but still, the girl's got to eat.
1: I don't know. She's magic. She can conjure. She can conjure shit. She's a kitchen witch. She's
2: a, a kitchen witch. <laughs>
1: Maybe. Okay. So
0: let me finish this, uh, the rest of this, and then I'll give you my hot take on what I think happens. So Belinda tells her she's already been paid. Good night. Call me anytime. Mom lasts for a second. And we look at Ricky who smiles and he has this wondering look on his face. We get Betty Ann's voiceover saying Ricky searched all over the library, but he never found a copy of the dark tomb by w- Ricky winter. Or any of the other books that Belinda brought over. The end. So what I think happened is. When Ricky went down the hallway. To get like away from Belinda. That's when he entered his own personal story. So I'm hoping that that book burning shit. Was all just incorporated into his own story. So it didn't actually happen. Because. Fuck people that burn books. (laughs) Fuck Ricky. Yeah well fuck Ricky yeah for sure. But like. She just gets paid by traumatizing children, and and then their essence gets written into a book that she gets to keep. Because, like, that kid from the beginning, that soulless child that waved at Belinda at the very
1: beginning, like, what the (laughs) fuck did she she make him go through? Was he the one screaming when the book opened?
2: (laughs) Probably. I mean, that sounds exactly accurate to me. Uh, Yeah.
1: So that's
0: what I think is that, like all those books that she carries around with her each one of those books is like one of the kids that she babysat and she just has like their imagination essence contained in a book. The only part I don't get is why would she would let like other people read a different kid's book, but I don't know, I didn't write the story, I guess. That's my just, hot take on the it, whole it thing. Just
2: con- it just got it just got convoluted and
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know. Why didn't, he write, why didn't he grow up and write his own book?
0: We never really get to see what happens to the kids afterwards, really. Or hear about it.
2: Right, but I'm saying like that would make a good epilogue to the story when they go back to their little midnight club. Right? That yeah. For him to, for, to say like he never found this book in the library, and so he wrote his own.
0: Very true. That would have been nice.
2: But no. But no.
0: <laughs> we go back over to the Midnight Society, and Betty Ann finishes the tale saying... He wasn't able to find any other books because they were all first and only editions. The end. We look over the kids. Frank says, good one, Bet. And Gary declares the meeting closed. Tucker jumps up saying, hold on. I still want to see what you got there. So he tries to grab the book from Betty Ann, who tells him he's way too young for this one. But he's like, oh, yeah. And he grabs it anyway. He opens it up to a random page and starts reading from it. And I stopped my video to read, like, what this book had in it. And it was just a jumble of words like, I mean, they make complete sentences or whatever, but it didn't make any sense. Tucker reads from the only paragraph that does make sense. And it says that the book that the beautiful and intelligent Betty Ann held in her hand was grabbed by that stupid little jerk, Tucker. And he read and Kiki walks up behind them and laughs. And Tucker's like, hey, how did you? And Betty Ann grabs the book and says, gotcha. Everyone laughs. Kiki says, man, are you predictable or what? And Tucker screams about how she set them up. And Gary's like, yeah, shut up, Tucker. There's always another night. And that's the end of the episode.
1: That's two weeks in a row that Betty Ann came up with an elaborate plan to fuck with Tucker. That I'm not quite sure how she pulled it off. He could have opened any page to that book.
0: She created that book just for this situation. Yeah, she
1: had to have that printed. Craziness.
0: Absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. but that's the end of the tale of the bookish babysitter um moral of the story read more kids
1: read more don't burn books oh yeah that's a good one too yeah be responsible
0: don't eat on the couch (laughs) (laughs) yeah never eat on the couch (laughs) that's the moral of the story god (laughs) (laughs) well you know the tale of the bookish babysitter i really like that name i thought it was a good name. But I think we could probably come up with something better. Something more fun, you know? What do you guys think? Oh, say? I
2: was gonna I was gonna go with willful ignorance, like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, or
2: maybe maybe ignorance was bliss. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty good name. I was thinking like the tale of the book burning. Uh
1: the tale of the many hallways. So many fucking hallways.
2: You know, or dank crypt, something like that.
0: Oh yeah, the tale of the dank crypt.
1: Tale of the wheelie ghost.
0: Right, always put your ghosts on a dolly, yes.
1: (laughs) The tale of the pointless witch.
0: She was so pointless, yeah. The tale of trap yourself in the basement. (laughs) Like, yeah. I liked it. I had a good time with this one.
2: Oh, I mean, and and for my nine-year-old, like, he was in it, like, there was no... At no point did he look at me and say, fuck Ricky, or, you know, the <laughs> nine-year-old equivalent. And, like, he didn't have a problem with the extra characters. He didn't seem confused or bothered by it. Like, when the story was over, he was like, okay, got it, Mom, thanks.
0: That's cool. Yeah, if you ever if you ever want to watch more, just let me know. It's a good show, though. I, I, have, I liked it as a kid, and I think I like it even more as a 30-year-old man. But Brandon, well, and Kate, the next episode up is called The Tale of the Carved Stone. Mm. Who do you th- Brandon who do you think is going to tell that one
1: I think that is Gary Yeah that sounds like a Gary
0: to me too I don't remember who That's a total Gary this one, but... Well what do you think the tale of the carved stone
1: is going to be about That sounds like something Indiana Jones-ish Somebody goes on an expedition And unleashes a mummy horde
0: Okay Were there mummies in Indiana Jones? No <laughs> <laughs> Okay I've only ever seen the Temple of Doom, which I think is the worst of the three, so...
1: Uh, There's four of them.
0: Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I forgot.
1: (laughs) And it is not the worst of the four.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, not counting that one that came out in, like, 2009, then, with Shia LaBeouf. Well, what do you think, uh, Kate, do you you want to take a guess at what you think the Tale of the Carved Stone would be about?
2: Absolutely not.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) don't... I don't <laughs> no blame way. you, man. That's I mean okay. it,
2: it 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 comes across as a very Celtic runish feel to me. Yeah.
0: That's what I was thinking. I was thinking like druids or something. Hey Kate, so where can people find you if they're interested? Uh, I know you have the Ignorance was Bliss podcast. Uh what what about like social media and stuff? Where can people find you?
2: Uh so yeah, ignorance was bliss is a is I'm like forensic psychologist and crisis clinician and so it is about human behavior like how do you become who you are so it's all over the map and that means i spend a lot of time talking to people i um, social media i am at iwb podcast everywhere and i have a very active and pretty i don't know how to describe my facebook group it's pretty irreverent i guess and yeah. um
0: I am part of your Facebook group and I, I, you know, most of the time when I'm in a Facebook group, I'm like, oh, another notification from them, you know. But when I see yours, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, because I'm going <laughs> to get like a funny meme or, you know, somebody needs some advice or something like that. And I just love it. Your Facebook group is one of a kind.
2: It's, it, well, it really is because that's exactly what it is. Just, there's, there's a fair amount of just complete randomness or, or wildly inappropriate memes or whatever. And... <laughs> Then on the other hand, you get somebody saying, like, I'm having a really shitty day or, you know, it's not bitching like often, yeah. you know, it, it it's just just an acknowledgement of like I could use support and all of it works. Like, I hate the, you know, the phrase safe space sounds so earthy crunchy and that's not me, but that's what it yeah. is.
0: It's a good place. You know, it's a very like a tight knit community that all have each other's backs and it's a really nice place it reminds me of the discord server we're in together where we mm-hmm. actually we where, where we met and mm-hmm. i just love these communities that these podcasters are bringing together it's so much more than i ever expected
2: yeah it's not what i was expecting or looking for when i started podcasting but the connections wow. that i've made with other people have been wonderful
0: yeah for sure i thought that it was going to be um like a fight for oh, people only have so much time to be on this world and they have to be listening to me and I don't want them listening to anybody else. But, I mean, I know that there are people like that that are podcasting and those are the people that take it way too seriously or whatever, but for the most part, everybody loves each other's shows. They love to see everybody grow. They want to be a part of everything. And it's really cool. I didn't expect that.
2: Yeah, there's a a sense of, look, you may not listen to my show, but... If I can get you to listen to any show, you might be more prone to listen to my show. You know, Mm -hmm. there's just this this acknowledgement that, you know, everybody, it it, it never hurts to bring more awareness to the concept of what a podcast is. And look, if you're not going to listen to my show for the start, you're not going to listen to it at all. And that's fine. so let me introduce you to my friend and see if their show is more to your taste.
0: Yeah and i have been listening to your show a lot while well, i work uh you know my 8 hours 8 to 10 hours a day and i listen to podcasts for a lot of them and i just love your show too listening to all of the people that you have interviewing i I've, I've never really listened to an interview style podcast before and i just really love all the stories and getting to know all these other people and a lot of the times you have other podcasters on there too so it's really great to have a nice introduction to their show and stuff it's i i love your show it's wonderful it makes
2: me really happy you know, it's just it it is this hobby that allows me to feel competent, like, you know, productive. Something it you know to mm-hmm. to remember where my voice is because the combination of be, you know I'm home on disability now. I broke my back in 2014, and then I have four children, and so I it's it's really easy to lose your voice and to just become mom all the time. Yeah and so to have this opportunity to speak out and be heard out in the world outside of the four walls of my house is really it's really been great
0: well we really appreciate you taking the time to be coming on our show because like i said at the beginning never expected to have guests and now you are our uh what third third or fourth guest so far so thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show
1: yeah thank, thank
2: you thank you for letting me it was super fun
0: yeah i hope you had a good time with it cuz we have a great time, and I, I'm just really glad that you got to experience it. Take some Are You Afraid of the Dark into your life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fuck Ricky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but for now, I'm getting really tired, you guys. I've been up all night. I think I'm going to go to sleep. I know it's like fucking 1 o'clock in the morning over in Australia or whatever. So, Or no, is it 2? It's 2 o'clock two. in the damn morning. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I'll let you get to sleep. You have literally been up all night, so I will talk to you, talk to you in a week, Brandon, and uh, you know, Kate. I, I talk to you all the time in the Discord server. So, yep. all right. Well, bye, everybody. Bye.
2: Bye. Thank you.
1: Good thing you're not me.